Welcome to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. We have a special little ditty today. <laughs> Is that what you call it? We have a special <laughs> podcast episode. Okay? There you go. I'll yeah. try to say it better than ditty. It's all about the presidential race, and we are neck deep, nostril deep in that now in Iowa here, but we want to share a little bit uh, of history and then some encouragement for you, the listener, on how you can get involved and make a huge difference in our nation. So, um, Ryan, are you going to, like, interrogate me? You're a lawyer, so you know how to cross-examine the witness. Yeah, yeah. I I was just going to ask non-leading questions, though, and let (laughs) you go where you want. Okay. Um, Yeah, I I thought it was interesting. I started working here recently, and we're up at the Capitol, and, you know, we're going about our business, and all of a sudden you get these calls, and you've got to go to these meetings and meet with presidential candidates and stuff, and I think, man, who am I working with here? So I thought maybe the audience might like to know, you know, was yeah. that the day I had my black sunglasses yeah. on and, and you left little, in the SUV, little earpiece? <laughs> yeah. yeah, something like that. I missed that. Climbed day. out of the SUV. But yeah, so can you tell us about your experience? So why why do these presidential candidates call you? Um, no, okay. no offense. I'm just. No. I'm, <laughs> I'm curious. <laughs> well, I will tell you, one of the most. Um, poignant or or fascinating conversations I ever had with a presidential candidate, we both sort of rolled our eyes and chuckled at the absurdity of me meeting with him. <laughs> Who am I? I'm some schmuck in Iowa, and I walk up to him, and there's half an hour scheduled for this meeting, and it's just me and one other guy from the family leader. I think it was called the Iowa Family Policy Center at the time. And I started to apologize for him taking a half hour of his valuable time. This was <laughs> Senator John McCain. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. And his people, his handlers, had asked for the meeting. And I thought, this is silly. I'm a farm kid from Kansas. I'm a, you know, small-time guy. And, and we've got this half an hour, more or less private conversation going. And, and I started apologizing. He just kind of rolled his eyes and said, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird, but we got to do yeah. this. Well, he's been in the POW camp before, so hopefully half hour with you wasn't oh, too bad. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't too bad a torture. <laughs> oh, Sorry. I could tell a lawyer joke about torture. But. <laughs> so um, it was an interesting half hour, and I asked him the questions that the Iowa Family Policy Center, now family leader, constituents wanted to know where are you on life where are you on marriage and um religious liberty and the things that really matter to our ministry that we think matter to god and we got done with that interview and um he answered better than i had anticipated but he certainly was not the most biblical or conservative uh candidate in that race in my opinion well at that time i was president of IFPC, Iowa Family Policy Center. And for whatever reason, these candidates thought that IFPC was all that, you know, that we would have tremendous influence. And we had had some influence in past presidential races. So it wasn't a total eye roll. Uh, Long and the short of it was um, one of McCain's top aides, who I'd known for years and had served in the legislature with, uh, came to me with almost an obscene offer of money to be John McCain's Iowa co-chair or whatever, you know, some title. 
but basically wanting me to contact all of IFPC's constituents and go on TV and go on radio and go in the press. At that time, there were still newspapers. I don't know. Are there any newspapers? Still? There's a handful. There's a handful. <laughs> and, and tout John McCain as, as a conservative that I was fully in support of. Yeah. He wanted to win Iowa, which, by the way, he did not. And which, by the way, I did not accept that obscene offer of money. I don't know if it's I should even... It's been a while. Can you, can you tell how long or well, how much money that how was? how long or? ago was that? I should have looked this up, but this was probably... It was 08, wasn't he? Was he it? Ran, oh, he ran in 08. Was it? So, so it would have been summer of 07. Mm-hmm. Well, spring, late spring. And for, I kid you not, for eight or ten months of work, ten hours a week, you can do the math... I was offered two hundred and forty-eight thousand dollars. Wow! God, that's a lot of money, Chuck. And you thought this was amazing. I didn't. I, it, it didn't even register for me. I was not interested in taking money to support somebody that I wouldn't support. That's just not who I am. It's incongruous. That's it's 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 selling your valued selling your soul whatever it's commendable but probably not it's probably uh, more unique than it, it should be so cool yeah to me to me it was it was a non-starter just you know i just kind of laughed and uh and at that time i think i had eight kids maybe nine wow. and we were homeschooling and um you know i i was a single earner so you know we needed money we didn't have much money in our household uh, all of our kids were either homeschooled or private schooled, so we weren't. You know, we, we were we were shelling out money. Yeah, kind of sounds like uh, Potter. It's a wonderful life. Often, <laughs> you know, job. very much like that. <laughs> Except, I won't say that John McCain yeah, no. was was uh, what was the first guy's first name? Potter. Uh, Mr. Potter. Yeah, Mr. I think it's his first name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I would say that John McCain had some things that later in his career proved to be exceptionally bad and i'm so glad that i didn't go to work for him for free or for an obscene amount of money or for any reason Um, instead i wrote the first check to a not yet candidate uh old college friend of mine we we uh were in a bible study together at kansas university his name was sam brownback he he was a u.s senator from kansas later became governor of Kansas. And so instead of getting paid, I sent him money <laughs> and then drove him around Iowa and introduced him to everybody I could. Wow. And he was a solid, solid believer, solid yeah. Christian man. And so that, that, yeah, that was a fun year. Yeah, uh, sounds like it. And I think it was that year that Mike Huckabee barely beat Sam Brownback for third place or something, second or third place at the Iowa Straw Poll, which was kind yeah. of an early... Um, indication of support in Iowa. And because Huckabee beat Sam by a few votes, the conservative Christian uh, support and, and money and so on gravitated toward Mike Huckabee and Sam Brownback dropped out. So that left Mike Huckabee and uh, and some of my best friends, Bob Vanderplatz being one of them, Danny Carroll, uh, were supporting Mike Huckabee. So within a few days of Sam dropping out, this would probably have been October-ish, I don't know, September, something, that fall. Um, I got to go to a press conference with Mike Huckabee and announce my 
endorsement. And so that, I don't know if that brought him very many votes, but I was then president of the Iowa Family Policy Center, and Mike Huckabee won yeah. the Iowa caucus. So maybe it helped a little. Yep, I, I'm going to give you all the credit. <laughs> um, <laughs> something else, I mean, you still, even now, can't say who really, but you, you still talk to candidates. What do, you, what do you ask them about? How do you vet somebody when you're just starting cold? You know, what's, what's your go-to questions? I won't, I won't say that this is the way you should do it. It's just the way I do it, and that is I try to get to know them. I try to find out if they are genuine. And there's a lot of less than genuine people that have big egos that want to be president. Uh, I had another very interesting one-on-one with another eventual nominee, Mitt Romney. And I spent about 35, 40 minutes with him. And I didn't know much about Mormonism, but he was a notorious uh, you know, believer in, in Mormonism and all that. So I studied up a little bit for that meeting. And I asked him a whole bunch of questions about Mormonism because, I, you know, I just wanted to know. And, and it turns out then later, a few days later, I get a call from one of his top aides who was drunk at the time. Okay. <laughs> and, just, and just started cursing and swearing at me for being so invasive and mean to Mitt Romney because I had asked him, you know, what he believed about yeah. God and man. How dare and, you? And worldview and all that. How dare I ask him those foundational questions? Huh. So I try to get to know them. And I, I want to know their worldview. I want to know if they're genuine. It did, it did turn out that Mitt Romney was a good neighbor. And so that, that was commendatory. So several of his longtime physical next-door neighbors uh, spoke very highly of him. Hmm. I think he's probably a, been a good neighbor. Yeah. So you ask for references? like. I do ask yeah. for references. I, I don't, you know, talk is cheap. What's what's the fruit? I would say being a fruit inspector is the most important job in vetting somebody. Huh. What's the fruit? Jesus said you'll know them by their fruit. Fruit? Do you want me to answer <laughs> <Thank> that? <laughs> I was hoping you'd jump in. Sorry, sorry. Okay, but what, what do you say to the average Joe that's not going to get to meet these presidential candidates? How are they supposed to expect to vet them? Well, the average Joe that's listening to this podcast probably can meet them. I assume most of our listening audience are Iowans. Not everybody, obviously. But I would say get out and meet them. I mean, for crying out loud, there was a guy... Uh, one of the presidential candidates was giving away free barbecue earlier this week in Ankeny. All you had to do was click a little button and say, yeah, I'm going to go eat free barbecue, and, and they can sit down with this presidential candidate. Did, so, did they charge you two cents? Or? <laughs> Sorry. No, it was free? Okay. It was free. <laughs> and, and so Iowans have this spectacular, uh, almost surreal opportunity uh, to meet – the people that they are interested in. And so I would say to the people listening, get off your tail and go to a barbecue joint and ask them questions, get acquainted. Um, but go deeper than just their glib, you know, sound bites or their stump speech. Inspect yeah. the fruit, check the resources. Praise God, there's with the internet, you know, as many bad things as there are on the internet, there's also a lot of good. And that good, you can dig pretty deep on somebody now. And find mm-hmm. out what their history is. And so um, you'll know them by their fruits. Actions speak louder than words. 
check them out. But yeah, I would say also shake their hand. Um, look them in the eye. Ask them questions that are important to you. If you can't meet them, Rebecca, face-to-face, or you don't want to, or you're, you're an invalid, you can't get out of bed, um, then, boy, um, don't vote based on commercials. <laughs> I vote based on how they look and how they dress, Chuck. Oh no! Now you've now you've. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, it's the only reason Kennedy ever got elected. So. So last time we were on this podcast, as I recall, you were talking about how a certain uh, elected official dressed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't vote based on how they dress. Uh, there was one presidential candidate, uh, John Edwards, U.S. Senator from maybe one of the Carolinas. Uh, John Edwards was a very slick politician. Uh, happened to be a Democrat, but um, one of the conservative commentators out there started, because his hair was always perfect, started calling him the Breck girl. (laughs) Do you remember the Breck girl? No, not a whole lot. Well, for for a decade or two, there was this shampoo company called Breck, Mm -hmm. and they had the Breck girl, and her hair was always perfect. In the commercial, so I'm sure sorry. Some, that's kind I'm, of a slam. I'm sure some people <laughs> in the audience get the reference, but I think uh, a little young for that. I'm little young for that. But in today's day and age, he could be the Brett girl if he wanted to be. That's true. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Okay. So uh, so don't vote based on. But there was a scholarly article in I think it was National Review about 20 years ago, and this this may sound sexist, but I'm going to say it because you brought it up and you're a female. There was a, a, a detailed survey done on why women vote the way they vote, and absolutely one of the top, if not the top reasons, was how they looked, and especially their hair. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a thing. It's a thing. I will <laughs> So I'm just saying to the listener, please go a little deeper than that. <laughs> don't, 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 you know. So... I think the Bible says uh, at least once that man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And we as Christians, I think, have a duty to God and to our families and to our country to go to go deeper than the surface and try to find a man after God's own heart like David was. David was not, you know, all that maybe to look at. So... There's scholarly articles that have been written about Abraham Lincoln saying that he could not have gotten anywhere with the voters today. I mean, he just was so ugly <laughs> that that voters wouldn't give him the time of day in this very visual age we're in. And wouldn't it be a tragedy if Abe Lincoln, you know, couldn't be president simply because of his look? So we've got to look deeper than the surface. So I've got a couple more questions. Who's your favorite, not, not including this year, who's your favorite presidential candidate you've ever talked to and why? Oh, my. And they, they don't have to be, like, even close to winning. Just who was it and why? My favorite can Oh, man. That is hard. And I'm going to tell you why it's hard, and then I'll try to land the plane on okay. your question. Um, I have had the immense privilege and honor and responsibility of meeting, I'm going to guess now, 60-plus candidates. And almost without exception, they have been... Uh, highly accomplished people. Uh, to, to even get into the Super Bowl, you've got to be a pretty good team. And this is the Super Bowl, running for President of the United States. So I 
could give you example after example after example of people that I greatly admire. So it's not like there's one that's head and shoulders above the others. Mm. Um, probably the one I would mention uh, first in, in response to your tough question is Sam Brownback. And a big part of that is I went to undergrad with him at K-State. He was student body president at K-State. Uh, he helped lead a ministry there. I went to law school with him for two and a half years. He started the Bible study at Kansas Law School. I was his wow. first joiner, and he did an excellent job of leading that for two and a half years. And then I followed him. Uh, I, I could have worked in D.C. for him, but my wife didn't want to move to D.C. Um, but I went to D.C. and visited him a few times, stayed at his house there a few times. Um, he he studied the Bible every morning before he went to the Senate. So he knew he was, knew he was genuine. So I, I'd, have, I'd probably have to say Sam, and that's probably because I, A, I didn't, I didn't see corruption or any problems, but B, uh, I saw actively that he was pursuing the kingdom. And some of the things that he did as U.S. Senator and Governor and now as Ambassador for Religious Liberty to the world, he, he was the United States Ambassador for Religious Liberty in the Trump administration. And he was working to help Christians throughout the world have religious liberty. I mean, the guy is a rock star, but, he, but he's, he's happy. He's, he's joyful. He's got the joy of the Lord. Uh, he's raised a good family. So, I, yeah, I'd probably say Sam. Okay. Yeah, I, I have one more question. We're running out of time. But okay. If you have a quick answer, I've heard there's a very good Michelle Bachman story that maybe you can tell. Okay. Look, Michelle is a strong Christian, too. Her husband and she uh, did Christian counseling, I think, in, in Minnesota for years. She, she was a go-getter. Um, there might have been a few things about her that were that were a little hard to. Um, uh, she, she was a little hard to get along with at times with some of her staff, but I think her values were really good. Anyway, so um, we were on the plane together. This little private plane uh, family leader used to do an event in Sioux Center, Northwest Iowa, then in Pella, Central Iowa. And then at Iowa City in eastern Iowa, and we would fly. And so I got to spend time with her in the plane and then did a little bit of driving, too, with her. And when she got to Pella, um, she was running a little late getting on stage, and it was because she was in the restroom uh, redoing her hair. And, I mean, her hair was... Perfect. I should have asked about this earlier. I guess I didn't know it was going there. <laughs> Maybe that's why. And so some people in the uh, you know some people in the entourage and in the and in the audience thought she might have spent a little bit too much time on the hair thing. Her but, hair was always perfect. But you know, hey, um, it's it's maybe a, it's maybe a gateway for people to to listen to you. But she she wasn't just she didn't just have nice hair. Okay, she was the Brett girl. She, she was, was the Brett, Brett girl. girl. She was the true Brett girl. <laughs> <laughs> but great lady. I supported her at the... Um, I remember that. I remember as a kid pole. watching you doing that. Yep. She's she's great lady. Yeah. And I think she's still doing good work for the Lord. So, yeah. That's all I got for you, Chuck. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, you bet. So, uh, thanks for listening to the Family Leaders Capital Connection. We could be here for hours telling stories.
But uh, just want to say in conclusion, get out there, check them out, vote, and bring your neighbor and your and your family to vote. Uh, such a few, few number of Iowans could really turn the tide on this presidential race, especially this year. So uh, do your civic duty, pray hard, and let's uh, see this nation come back closer uh, to the, go- the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a project of the Family Leader and the Family Leader Foundation and is only possible through the generous support of our donors. If you would like to partner with us in our work, please visit thefamilyleader.com slash donate.